podcast. Welcome. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. It's a fantastic episode with a, a guy called Owen Blake, who's a PhD student who's uh, researching within the field of esports performance and meditation alongside it. So I hope you guys enjoy this one. If you do, it would mean the world to me if you could leave a review either on Spotify, Apple or any other platform or get in contact with me at League Talk Show on Twitter. All of Owen's links are in the description. So if you enjoy this episode and want to find out more about this technique, then do get in contact with him. I hope you guys enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome back to League Talk, the podcast all about coaching, management and all things League of Legends. My name is AJ and on today's episode is Owen Blake. Now normally, Owen, I will go through pretty pretty in depth uh, in terms of detail with what our guest does or what they have done, but I actually don't think I would fully do it justice. So I'll let you introduce yourself first. So, But firstly, welcome. Thank you ever so much for your time. I really appreciate you giving over your time and coming on and chatting. But yeah, why don't you give Absolutely. us a little introduction about yourself? Sweet. Thanks, Alex. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to be here, and I'm excited to talk with someone who is really pushing uh, positive health habits, positive uh, routine habits in esports. I think it's a huge topic and well worth some attention. Um, but that. my name is Owen Blake, and I'm 29 years old in the United States. I kind of have a variety of backgrounds. Uh, I'm a musician. I've been playing classically trained piano for a long time. Wow. Um, I come from a a big traditional sport background, mm-hmm. played a lot of basketball, te- tennis, uh, what we call over here soccer, but yeah. <laughs> football, <laughs> uh, as well as baseball and some other sports. Uh, I played a little bit of college basketball as well. Um, actually, right now I'm really into pickleball, but that's maybe pickle another story. Pickleball? I've never heard of that. <laughs> yeah. well, what on earth is pickleball? It's in between table tennis and tennis, I would say. Right. Uh, it's, it's pretty fun. It's pretty fun. I'll have to look that um, up to see if I can find some videos. But yeah. <laughs> I've never heard of that yeah, before. It's, it's good times. It's good times. <laughs> but I think I, I've, um, I've always really been interested in improving my performance mm. in sort of everything that I do uh, through improving my routine, improving my health, my diet. Um, and meditation has been um, a really big part of that. Um, and I'm right now doing my PhD investigating if a specific kind of meditation called the transcendental meditation technique if that can be a competitive advantage for esport athletes mm-hmm. specifically looking at burnout anxiety stress uh, and in-game performance um, so that's sort of just a little bit about about me and, and what i'm doing right now yeah super interesting because so when i when i read the first messages that we sort of uh, we had together transcendental the first thing that i got from it it could be completely wrong but the idea of transcending and i don't know if that has anything to do with it but transcending to me is sort of going above going beyond going higher in a way um other than if you take it in a religious way then i suppose it's completely something different but um this i've never heard of transcendental meditation before and i'm probably going to keep getting those uh words muddled as i go through this um but for someone i I won't have a i won't have a spelling question at the end about how to spell it but uh, but you actually you totally hit it on the head I, i would define transcending or transcendental as going beyond right the idea is that in transcendental meditation what you are going beyond is your active thinking process. So okay. you're sort of going beyond the mental chatter, going beyond the busy, busy, busy mind to experience the, the mind at quieter and quieter levels uh, where ultimately you're experiencing just pure awareness, mm. pure wakefulness, pure consciousness, however you want to describe that, without being projected out onto a thought. 
Right, so I'm going to keep asking questions because I have so many. So when you say pure awareness, is that awareness of yourself, your mind, your body, your surroundings? What what does that awareness sort of refer to? Really good question. I think the pure awareness would be um, just, it's just a sense of wakefulness. There is, mm. You are awake. You're not asleep in mm. transcendental meditation. You're not taking a nap. The mm-hmm. mind is alert and awake, but, but you're not thinking about a specific thought you're not sort of being projected out onto oh what is my day going to be like Mm. i'm thinking about my my match that's going on later today or i'm stressed about this or that you're not involved in that at all you're going beyond that to which is is really a unique state and a unique style of functioning that isn't really seen in waking and dreaming Mm. and sleeping and other meditations it's a very unique state of physiological functioning yeah, I really like the idea of that, because even when you're meditating, number one, it's really, really difficult to not have those thoughts and not have things running through your mind as it is, it's spe- even especially if it's unguided meditation, comparative to guided meditation, of course. But even still, you're focused on something when you're meditating, just a standard meditation, even if it's focus on your breath, focus on your chest, whatever that may be. Is there that focus on something or is it complete sort of blankness in, in that in that sense? I think one thing with with TM that makes it unique is that there is no focus, there's no concentration, and immediately when people think that, they say, oh, but like, I can't get rid of thoughts, Mm. or oh, I can't stop my mind, and it's really important to understand that in Transcendental Meditation, you're not trying to control the mind or manipulate the mind. The mind actually can settle down Mm. in a totally natural and innocent way without any forcing, without any trying. But we just have to learn the right way to do that. It's sort Mm. of like if you were to, if you're at a swimming pool and you're learning how to dive, maybe the instructor kind of puts you in the right angle and then they just push you off and in you go. Mm -hmm. And so we're just, it's sort of like we're learning how to take that right angle to dive within ourself, our own consciousness, our own awareness to experience that most quiet state but there's no there's no manipulating there's no trying there's no concentrating you don't have to force yourself to get there and that's what's so unique about tm um, or transcendental meditation is just that the whole thing is totally natural Mm. Um, there's you're not being you're not hypnotizing yourself you're not there's no effort again just i keep coming back to this idea but it's so important that there's no effort or control involved so it's not something that is hard. It's something that's actually extremely easy to do. People from the age of 10 learn the Transcendental Meditation wow. technique. Um, and it's, it's something, because it's so easy and so natural, the benefits can actually start right away, right? Mm. It's not something that you have to go live in a cave for 10 years and practice this technique by yourself and then come out and have some benefits. Mm-hmm. Right away from the very first meditation, you can start to experience the benefits and they can start to grow and you can see them in your life right away. That's super, super interesting. Because I guess the sort of, uh, the like blaringly, blatantly obvious question is w- w- what makes transcendental meditation different to just a standard meditation or like mindfulness or even focusing on breath? Because um, you, you, you put out, when, you, when we were chatting, you actually had a really interesting reference and you, re- you referred to sort of workout routines. But I'll let you sort of um, answer the question first. Maybe we can get into that. So the differences between TM and standard meditation. 
What are those? I think it's a good question, and I'm just going to kind of call you out here, though, because yeah. the the term standard meditation, mm. it's sort of like saying standard food. I see. Or or standard workout. Mm. It, what what is a standard yeah. food or standard workout or standard meditation we've sort of uh we sort of have combined this word meditation we sort of think of as one thing mm. but really there's tons of different techniques that you can do or you can learn you can download an app and do a meditation on your phone you can watch a youtube video and be guided through a breathing technique you can go to a, a buddhist monetary and uh, monastery and, mm -hmm. and learn a concentration technique. There's so many different kinds of meditations. And it's really important that we understand that just like different foods provide different nutritional value, yeah. different workout routines provide different benefits to the physiology mm -hmm. in the same way, different meditation techniques are, or I guess have different techniques, different procedures of how to practice them have corresponding different effects in the physiology and different benefits that we're going to see. Hmm. So it's really important, I think, to understand, um, I guess the, example, the, the workout example is a good one because you think, okay, you're going to go to the gym. Well, so different people have different reasons to go to the gym. I, when I go to the gym, I'm actually trying to gain weight. I'm trying to bulk up yeah. a little bit. I'm a little bit underweight. So I'm trying to gain some weight. Whereas somebody else might go to the gym and think, okay, I need to lose weight or I need to build endurance or build flexibility mm -hmm. or strengthen certain muscles. So the reasons to go to the gym are different. I would say the reasons to learn a meditation technique, one yeah. technique versus the other might be different. I'm just, but just understanding that key point that meditation techniques are different, different procedures, practices, and then corresponding different benefits that you can expect to see. Yeah, that, I mean, that's super, super interesting. There was a couple of big points that I took from uh, researching and looking at TM a little bit. Um, I really liked, because I, I guess the difficulty is, is um, maybe it's too, too much to ask as a question, but sort of taking someone through a TM procedure um, so we could understand what the difference is between, you know, using headspace, for example, or using calm and their meditation techniques would be super interesting to know. But one thing that you did bring up was the blood flow to the prefrontal cortex. Now, I believe that's the decision making part of the brain. I could be completely wrong, but um, no, you're, you're absolutely right. Yeah? The prefrontal cortex is uh, the front part of the brain, and it is sort of the biggest difference between us and more primitive animals is that we mm. have a, a bigger prefrontal cortex. So the prefrontal cortex is involved with decision making, as you said, uh, intellectual reasoning, moral reasoning, um, any sort of planning. It's really it's called the CEO of the brain. Mm. It's really in charge um, of a lot of important uh, decisions that we make, important reasoning, intellectual thinking, and so it's a really important part of the brain. And one thing that 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 is so interesting about the prefrontal cortex is that when we are stressed, the prefrontal cortex shuts down. When oh, we are stressed, we, we go into that fight or flight yeah, response yeah, yeah. mode, which you've probably heard about, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, where you know, it, was, it was useful maybe thousands of years ago when we saw a monster from you know, behind the bush or whatever yeah. we would run. But now when we are stressed, we don't want to shut down, or let me give the example of esports. When we're performing in a match and we're stressed, 
we don't want our prefrontal cortex to shut down mm. because there's so many critical aspects yeah. of esports that require the activation of the prefrontal cortex. Um, and so, if we, um, I, I guess a good a good sort of example or analogy would be to think of the idea of challenge versus stress. And if you think of like a speedometer, maybe mm-hmm. and you sort of you see the speedometer. You you going going really really fast, getting more and more challenged, more and more challenged. But then you hit that red line, right? You hit the red line where now you're you're stressing the system too much. Sure. So I would say that challenge is extremely useful and uh, important in esports. Obviously, you need to be challenged, to be pushed. But once it gets to be too much, it becomes stress. And when it's stress, it then has negative effects on our physiology. Mm. And so we need to strengthen our prefrontal cortex uh, so that we can stay within that challenge zone without it becoming stress. And so with TM, they've done some fMRI scans on the brain Mm -hmm. to see that there's an increase of blood flow to the prefrontal cortex. So you're strengthening the connections between the prefrontal cortex and the rest of the brain so that when you are challenged or when, when it becomes more and more and more, if you have a stronger connection to your prefrontal cortex, you're, it's not going to go offline. You're not going to lose the ability to make those higher decisions, to make plan for the next dragon or the next baron or whatever. You're not going to mm. lose those abilities. You're going to maintain that ability even under immense pressure. Okay, and that's one thing that TM does because I, I, I've noticed you put it's to do with strengthening the mind, improved ability to focus, deeper level of relaxation, which all sort of, I guess, uh, goes goes hand in hand with the idea of transcending, doesn't it, right? I, 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 that's my guess anyway. Um, but yeah, I presume a lot of it is to do with breathing because that's one way I know to pump oxygenated blood around your body is, you know, I don't know if you've heard of Wim Hof, that sort of breathing methods, like the slightly, that's a slightly more... Um, intense breathing breathing method method but i presume tm has a lot to do with breathing or am i way off the mark with that one i think tm has to do with breathing in the sense that your breathing can change and can settle Mm. down and really slow down a lot but it, it doesn't have to do with breathing in the sense that in the instruction or in the technique there's no control again back to this idea of effortlessness Mm. there's no manipulation of our breath there's no controlling the breath it all happens totally naturally uh this this idea that the mind and body are very tied together is an important concept and so as we're experiencing quieter levels of the mind the body is also settling down and you see um when you look at breath rate, oxygen consumption, skin resistance, all of these things sh- show a very deep level of rest mm. uh, that's for the physiology. So it's, it's it's sort of like you're giving your your physiology sort of like a deep, like a shot of deep rest, mm. and that is really important then for the physiology to release the stresses um, and sort of normalize its own functioning. Yeah, so before before we sort of get on to the bits that you're doing with research and all that sort of stuff and where you're hoping to take uh, TM in the future, is there any, is there like two or three things, for example, that you could talk about that um, that you would do to someone to get them into this state of uh, deep relaxation, you know, in, in the strengthening of the mind? Is there, is there some things that differ 
between headspace for example as i mentioned earlier and those sort of uh um I don't want to. I don't want to say standard meditation. But again, but those <laughs> no, those med- no, meditative techniques. Let's say it that way. Um, is there something that really does differ from TM and uh, other meditative techniques? Yeah. Um, in general, you can kind of categorize meditations into three main types. Um, you can talk about a focused attention kind of meditation. Mm-hmm. which is uh, one where maybe you're focusing on the tip of your nose or on the on an image or on an emotion or focusing on something external, whatever it is, you're, you're focusing the mind. And what you see in the brain is a specific type of activity that corresponds to focus, unsurprisingly. Mm-hmm. And so um, you can kind of measure that with EEG waves or electroencephalograph machines that measure your electrical activity on the uh, the scalp. And they see an increase of gamma waves, which is associated with, uh, with focus. And so like a focused attention technique might be useful for someone who uh, gets distracted on stage or sure. feels that they are uh, you know, maybe caught up in uh, what just happened and they need to get back to that, you know, the present moment. Um, and so that, that, that's a sort of a focusing technique. Um, another broad category would be an open monitoring, which is what the scientists call it. Mm-hmm. And this is a lot of mindfulness practices fall under this uh, sort of umbrella, but some mindfulness practices are more focused attention. Mind, there's, a, there's a ton of different mindfulness techniques and practices, so it, it's hard to kind of speak about it, uh, you know, speak about all of them. But um, open monitoring technique is, is more what you would, think of like a contemplative meditation or a guided meditation yeah. or what maybe before you, you were thinking of like a standard meditation that's sort mm-hmm. of in this open monitoring meditation where maybe you're thinking about your emotions or uh thinking about your your focus you're not a focus but sort of just aware of your breathing or aware of what's going on or where the mind is going um it's, it's less effort than a focused attention technique um, but there still is um, a little bit of uh, you're still involved in the thinking process. Let me just put it that way. Mm. You're still um, thinking, you're contemplating. But it's more restful, but you're still on the sort of the surface of the mind. Um, and open monitoring techniques can you know, some of these mindfulness techniques can be um, good for sort of separating yourself from your emotions so that you're not getting too caught up in. Uh, you know, you just lost a match. You don't want to be sort of stuck in that. You want to sort of realize that you are not that emotion. Um, that's sort of a, a, something that mindfulness can do pretty well, um, sort of creating a separateness from, uh, from, from, the, from the heat of the moment, so to speak. Mm. Um, and that, that's sort of the contemplation techniques. Um, and then the third category that scientists talk about is this called automatic self-transcending. Yeah, and that's where that's where the transcendental meditation technique comes in, and the the word automatic is important, um, and self transcending. You're you're transcending. You're going beyond the thinking process completely. You're actually going beyond the technique itself, which is an interesting concept. Where you're not trying, you're not sort of going back to uh, focus, uh, focus or anything like that. Mm. You really are going beyond the technique to experience that state of inner wakefulness, inner alertness, but a state of deep rest for the physiology. 
And uh, in the, the open monitoring techniques, I, I didn't really mention this, but the open monitoring techniques, you sort of see an increase of theta waves, um, which also is sort of seen in, in sleep, um, delta. Um, and in the automatic self-transcending, you see this alpha-1 coherence across the whole brain, which is really fascinating because alpha-1 is, is, is just pure wakefulness is what mm. it is. It's just wakefulness. You see it across the whole brain. So an important idea is that our brain is a river and not a rock. Okay. So what I mean by that is our brain is adaptable. We know this mm. from neuroplasticity. Our, every experience that we have changes the brain. And so when we give our brain an experience of this total wakefulness, what you could call a total brain coherence, where the whole brain is working together, yeah. you're giving yourself that experience in the meditation. And the idea is that you actually take that experience out of the meditation. We don't, we're not practicing transcendental meditation just for the experience in the technique, but we're actually practicing it so that we can be better e-sport athletes or be better football players or be better business people or whatever it is that you are interested in performance or high performance. We want to be better in activity. And so we're giving our brain that experience in the meditation that we can then take out of the meditation and apply to our everyday lives. Hmm very very interesting it, it to me it's one of those things that i just want to hear more and more about it but one thing that you did send over to me was some uh there were some graphs and there was a bunch of different graphs um i presume that's the right way to describe it they weren't just graphs it was some diagrams some uh charts sort of things um but some of them really stood out to me so they were super super shocking because it it, it really did seem like quite a jump from I won't use it again, but standard meditation. <laughs> Just general meditation. There was, I can't remember the exact ones. I think there was focused attention, as you said. There was open monitoring. Um, there was, I, I want to say mindfulness sort of stuff. I, I feel like there was some mantra stuff as well in terms of meditation on some of the graphs. Lots of different ones, as I said. Um, but there really did seem to be quite a jump between those and TM. Um, and all the graphs seemed very credible. They were all from peer-reviewed studies, journal articles, or as some people describe it, research papers. Um, so yeah, I, would, I wouldn't mind having a little chat about the, them. There was one that did interest me, but I don't know if you want to have a have a little chat about that, those first. Then maybe we can come and talk about the one that interested me the most afterwards. But yeah, why don't? So what were the graphs saying sure. in essence? Obviously, it's a podcast, so people can't see <laughs> what the graphs are. Um, I will more than happy to send them over to anyone if does if anyone did uh, want to know. Obviously, just uh, message me, and I'll be happy to send them over. I'm sure Owen wouldn't mind chatting about it as well. Um, but yeah graphs let's go <laughs> uh, absolutely i think it's important to understand that the trans there's been a lot of research now on the transcendental meditation technique and uh, you know research is really important <laughs> yeah. for a lot of reasons mm. um but specifically i i sent over a couple sort of summaries of uh some studies that have been done you mentioned a couple of key terms that i think are important um the peer-reviewed journal is mm. a really important concept um, if a study is published in a peer-reviewed journal, yeah. it means that people in the field um, who are not affiliated with the research, mm -hmm. um, it's a sort of actually an anonymous process, the peer-reviewing yeah. process, um, are sent the study, the whole, everything that, that happened, the analysis, the data, everything, they go through it, they check to see if they agree with the conclusions, they agree with the data, um, and 
So it, it really is a way to ensure sort of the best practices for the modern scientific method. Yeah. Um, and it's something that's really important, and I, and I bring it up because a lot of times when you talk about um, studying the effects of meditation, people um, immediately kind of think that it's a little bit of a contradiction mm. or um, mm -hmm. might think that uh, if it's um, you know done by somebody who wants a certain result that it's going to be biased or something like that. So there is ways to sort of help that. I think being published in a peer-reviewed journal gives something a decent amount of credibility. But um, the couple of ones that I sent over that I think are, are very fascinating, one of them was a, a very recent study that's just being published this year that was actually funded by the Department of Defense for the United States. So this, wow. is, uh, this, is, this is the top of the top. Yeah. Uh, the, the military funded this research to see if the Transcendental Meditation Technique could be a benefit to war veterans who are suffering from PTSD, PTSD yeah. which is post-traumatic stress disorder. And PTSD is a really sad mm. uh, reality for a, a tremendous amount of veterans who are returning from uh, conflict. And the idea is that they've had a very a specific event that has been was very stressful and uh, what happens is the amygdala the fear center in the brain gets sort of stuck on hyperdrive and it's constantly firing and they're in a state of constant sort of anxiety and worry and they can't sleep they can't uh sort of really they can't really some of them can't function as well mm. in, in an activity so it's a big it's really a a, a very big issue um in the, the veteran community and they compared the transcendental meditation technique to their current gold standards of dealing with PTSD, um, including some uh, feed biofeedback and some other technique. Um, and they found that TM was just as effective, if not more effective, at reducing PTSD symptom. And specifically, the chart that I sent you was comparing up uh, to it was a little bit of a meta analysis comparing a lot of different. Uh, mm -hmm. research that's been done on the transcendental meditation technique versus uh, a mindfulness-based stress reduction technique. Um, again, there's a lot of different mindfulness techniques. This was specifically one to reduce stress. And they were comparing the reduction of PTSD symptoms in the TM patients versus the uh, mindfulness patients. And they, they found uh, a significant increase in the reduction of PTSD symptoms in the, the people who practice transcendental meditation versus mindfulness. So it's just, it is sort of, mindfulness was effective. It was, it was helping to reduce PTSD symptoms, but TM was significantly more so mm. um, effective. Um, and it just sort of goes to, goes to show that the depth of the level of rest that is going on in the physiology yeah. and how important the experience of total brain coherence is for the brain because it's able to sort of normalize the amygdala, bring it back to a normal functioning uh, very, very quickly, actually. Um, so that was one that I sent over. Um, another one that I, I think was a, a big one um, was a, it's a meta-analysis. So they looked at over uh, almost 150 different studies. Yeah, this was the one that really interested me. Cool. Yeah, this was uh, looking at different meditation techniques and uh, sort of comparing their ability to reduce trade anxiety. And trade anxiety, uh, 
sort of like your predisposition to mm-hmm. feeling anxious mm-hmm. in a situation. Um, and this was, was, it was an interesting graph, particularly because uh, they had the placebo up there. Yeah. Um, they were showing the, the different results. And, and again, transcendental meditation was just uh, vastly more uh, effective at reducing trade anxiety um, than some of these other techniques. Um, and, and one that was important, I think, in my opinion, was uh, the mantra-based meditation, because Transcendental meditation is a mantra-based meditation in the sense that we use a mantra, and a mantra here just means uh, a meaningless sound. Okay. Um, so we're using um, a, a sound. Uh, so not something. We're not using a word that has meaning, like couch or flower or something. Mm-hmm. We're using uh, a meaningless sound that comes from the um, ancient tradition called the Vedic tradition, which is where the, the transcendental meditation technique comes from. Um, but there's a, but there's the technique as well that is important. And so it's just sort of showing that, okay, yes, you can use a mantra, but just using a mantra isn't TM. Um, it's the technique as of how to use that mantra as well. So I think those were some of the important, so those are some of the studies that I sent you, but there is a tremendous amount of research out there and I would encourage everyone to uh, look into mm. it before you know deciding if this is something that you want to do or not. I think modern science um, has a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, power in modern science and mm. can really give you some in-depth uh, experiences. Yeah, well, with the with the TM on that uh, graph to do with trait anxiety, TM mm. is at least double uh, everything else on the graph, which is pretty insane in terms of effectiveness, right? If it is mm. double the amount of effect, well, you know, a hundred percent more effective or whatever you put the number on it, that's that's pretty that's pretty big. That's like significantly bigger than man- mantra medita- meditation concentration placebo all those sort of things so uh, it shocked it me it stunned is. me it's it's big and it really just emphasizes this point that i we started with in the beginning that, that different meditations are different mm. and they have different techniques and maybe different and clearly very different results and i think it's it's important that uh, you know you can look at different results and see you know maybe some of these other their meditation techniques would do well in other categories. Um, we're talking about a focused meditation. If you want to look and see if your focus is improving, um, you know that would would do. Ver- um, but what are you looking for? What are you trying to get from this meditation? And uh, if you're wanting to reduce stress, if you're wanting to reduce anxiety, um, things like depression, but then also things like high blood pressure, yeah. um, or, or if you want to improve, you know brain functioning in my opinion and what some of the, what a lot of this research is showing is that the transcendental meditation technique is, is clearly very effective mm-hmm. and I, I think that as we mentioned earlier that workout routine sort of um mm. reference that you used is if you're going into the gym and you want to get um higher endurance you want to improve your cardiovascular strength it makes little to no sense to go in and do one rep maxes for chest press or squat for example that that doesn't make a lot of sense right and in the same way that you know if you're attempting to improve one aspect maybe um one different type of meditation is going to be better but maybe transcendental is uh, a little bit more all-encompassing is that fair to say sorry you, you cut out there what did you oh, so transcendental meditation is, is a little bit a more, more... all-encompassing it, it, it might be able to help you in a bunch of different ways rather than just improving for example the strength in your quads or your ability to bench press 80 kilograms is going to be different to the ability to improve cardiovascular strength right um so yeah, is transcendental yeah, yeah. a bit more 
ticks more boxes in a way. I think that's a it's a good way to say it because I think what we're what you're dealing with with transcendental meditation is you're dealing with the root. Mm. You're dealing with the root issue of so many uh, different areas of uh, personal growth, of uh, intellectual growth, health growth. Um, when you're talking about TM, because what you're doing is you're getting this deep, deep level of rest in the physiology. You're allowing the physiology to get rid of the stress. And we're, we're allowing ourselves to get rid of what is sort of hampering our growth or hampering our health, this stress, um, which is stored in the physiology. We're able to get rid of it. The body is naturally able to heal itself um, just by getting this deep experience of rest. And so I think you, you, it's a really good way to think of it, that we we're, we're really, you're, you're just getting, you're dealing with the root issue of so many different um cause different diseases so mm -hmm. many different disorders um, when you're eliminating stress when you're getting rest um, you're helping yourself in so many different areas yeah and i think it's something that i've uh, been learning more and more about recently is the effects of things like inflammation well you don't really realize what inflammation as a word or as a whole does but uh, um, with things like meditation with things like exercise and i'm sure with transcendental meditation as well is uh, the the effects of inflammation can be reduced which means so many different ailments, diseases can be reduced alongside the effects of um, of inflammation in, in so many different ways. So that was amazing for me to learn about. Um, but I would really like to talk about your research because this was super interesting to me as well. So um, what are you hoping to sort of find out and achieve with all this research that you're planning on doing? Is there is there like guess... one thing, for example, or is it a plethora of stuff? Well, my my basic idea is that We've seen the transcendental meditation technique work for other populations, reducing stress in surgeons in New York City, reducing PTSD symptoms in war veterans. We see it working in a lot of different areas of society. And I think that esports uh, and traditional sports is a great way to show the benefits for high performance. And because it's been shown sort of seen to be very successful in other areas, I'm curious if it can be applied to esports and mm. i my hypothesis is that it'll be very helpful um but i'm want to see you know, i'm open to to seeing what happens and so I, I really want to do this research to uh get some data on how how it changes performance mm -hmm. um and you know looking at the esport industry kind of as a whole we see that it's dealing that there is a lot of stress there's a lot of burnout mm -hmm. um lot of anxiety you know these are relatively young individuals who are sort of thrown into the spotlight into a in, intensive career where they're practicing you know long hours and uh, in a very sort of competitive environment and um, so i think it's it's obvious why they're dealing with stress and why they're dealing with anxiety and, and burnout um, and i think that we need to bring in tools and techniques to uh, help these issues, and I see TM as a as a really important uh, has an important role to play in this process. So mm. my research, I'm um, hoping to work with a, a team, a professional team, ideally, and implement the transcendental meditation technique into their routine. The TM technique is practiced 
20 minutes twice a day so once in the mm-hmm. morning and once in the afternoon or evening which really um, isn't much and... time by the way because this is something that i've spoken to a lot of people about meditation is like oh man like it's difficult isn't it it's like well if you look at things like apps and an easy easy meditation it's like maybe five minutes and if 20 minutes twice a day is all that it takes to get all these benefits it's like obviously it's going to be a, a longer period of time it's not going to be once and you're all healed and it's amazing um <laughs> but that really isn't much time I, mean, I, I appreciate the your attitude with that. I share your opinion. Um, it's one of the most common sort of concerns before people start is, how, where am I going to find the time for this? How mm. am I possibly going to take this time out of my day uh, to spend 20 minutes twice a day? But it's so key and so important to realize that this is an investment. Yeah. You are investing in yourself. You are taking this time, this 20 minutes twice a day, to step away from your activity so that when you go into your activity, you can be more dynamic, mm-hmm. you can be more intelligent, you can be clear thinking, be less stressed. You're able to handle these situations, you're able to deal with what you're doing throughout the day in a more effective, efficient way, and you're actually going to save time. So it really is, it's tough to sort of think, understand before you have the personal experience, but it's something that afterwards, after you have that experience, it's not really an issue because you, yeah. you understand the benefits that you're getting. You feel the benefits, it's real. And so it's easy to, to take that 20 minutes twice a day mm-hmm. um, so that you can enjoy the rest of your day more, so that you can be more efficient in your day. And I think implementing it into esports will be very easy um, they already you, you spend so much time training you spend so much time doing different practices uh, physical training mental training um, I think the 20 minutes twice a day isn't too much to ask um, when you're gonna see like you said all these kind of benefits in a variety of ways um, and actually get more from your training sessions get, get mm. more from your study sessions um, so taking this 20 minutes and the idea of the study is to go in get some measurements and what I want to look at is um, some objective measurements, subjective measurements, and then some in-game performance. So for objective measurements, I want to look at the physiology and look at how how do we see stress in the physiology and cortisol is a big, uh, yeah. it's a big factor of that. Mm-hmm. Also heart rate variability um, is a big one and that's something that's easy to measure even while someone is playing a mm-hmm. game. So I'm hoping going to be looking at or planning on looking at both cortisol and heart rate variability um, for the objective measurements then take some subjective self-report questionnaires maslow's burnout inventory back yeah. depression um, inventory take some state profile of mood states really look at what is the state the mental state of these esport athletes um, and then also take some in-game measurements see how are they doing in their performance and then the idea is that then after taking those measurements, bring in the transcendental meditation technique, teach them, give them a couple months to practice the technique um, and sort of experience the benefits and then go back and measure again and see is there a difference in cortisol and heart rate variability, which would show us is the physiology stronger is it able to handle these experiences of stress without getting overloaded, uh, without sort of burning out? Um, is the uh, the cortisol level, are they sort of at a more, more normal level or are they still at a very high level? 
um, because that's something that has long-term ramifications for the physiology. Yeah. And if, if we are, you know, put it, putting these players through this, um, they need to be, they need to know, and then they need to be compensated accordingly. And I think that if you implement a, a tool like TM, uh, you'll be able to go through that same, again, go through that same amount of challenge without it becoming a stress, without mm. it overloading the system and be creating too much cortisol. Um, we'll be able to sort of maintain a healthy level of that. Um, and then look at, looking at the subjective reports, um, seeing is there less sort of perceived stress, less um, anxiety, depression, less sort of perceived, again, perceived burnout. These subjective tests will give us a good understanding um, and then again, look at their in-game performance. See, yeah. uh, is that improving? And it'll be really fascinating to take a look at and see because um, how these three are all sort of interwoven, we'll, we'll have to see. Um, maybe the in, you know in-game performance is a, is driven by so many different factors. You can talk about communication. You can talk about um, mechanics. You can talk about so many different ways to improve your overall important performance. Um, but how does how do we see getting having less stress in the physiology improving our performance? How do we see being less anxious, less tired, more awake, more clear? How does that affect performance? It'll be really interesting to see. Uh, so I'm I'm really excited for this research and. I think because it's such a natural next step for the esport industry, um, I've had positive reactions so far from the teams um, at the professional level and the collegiate level that I've reached out to, and um, I'm really excited to get in, get my hands dirty, do this research, and then then we'll sort of have a better idea of what's going on and how TM is helping, and if it sh- if it can be in- if it's something that all teams should be incorporating. Um, or is this something that maybe we just use it with specific players who are dealing with this high level mm. of pressure? Or is it helping everyone? And I think it'll be really interesting to see uh, how the benefits show themselves. Yeah, I really like that you're open-minded with that because I think that's a really good approach to have. I think it's way better to be, look, let's do the research, let's see what the findings are and then maybe apply it, uh, you know, maybe on a bigger scale from there. Because, you know, this is one thing that I really try and... Uh, this is solo queue, so it's slightly different than... The, the way that I deal with things is but um, I, uh, one thing that I always try and tell people is testing is just such a wonderful way to find out what is really good for you and mm. this is this comes back to the idea of time is like why don't you just test right just see how you feel for a week two weeks maybe a month of going to the gym and doing cardio exercise maybe you go for a walk outside even who who'd have thought it maybe you go for a half an hour walk out in the green who knew but maybe that does really affect you in a major major way test it out see what happens so i like that you're very open-minded with that sort of stuff and maybe it's better for teams maybe it's better for a player here and there i I think that's really good but one thing you did say um is that, that i picked up on is you know the truth is with the ptsd stuff is i don't really know that any form of anxiety or stress is going to be comparable to war veterans ptsd so theoretically right if it works for war veterans who are experiencing that intense ridiculous level of uh, upset and anxiety and stress then theoretically it should be very very useful for someone who's going through stress on stage playing league of legends playing overwatch playing rocket league who knows but i, I think that's really good but the other thing um is the objectivity about it i think this is uh this is going to be a huge uh, uh, 
a plus for you in terms of research because there's so many difficult things with objectivity especially when it comes to performance that's so difficult to measure for example if you go and exercise for half an hour and you play really well in that game of solo queue afterwards is that because of the exercise? Well, you can't really objectively say that, yes, it is because of the exercise, because it could just be that maybe um, you were slightly better and it had nothing to do with the exercise whatsoever. Or you could say maybe it put you in a better mental state. Maybe it meant that you were refreshed, you came back to the game, your mechanics were therefore better because you'd had fresh air, you'd had oxygen pumping through your body. The objectivity and subjectivity is such a big argument. So um, I'm, I'm, super, I'm super happy for you that you're going with those some objective, some subjective, and some sort of in-game performance metrics. I think that's going to be really, really big. I, I presume you would agree that that was very, very much um, deliberate on your part to go with those three different techniques. Yeah, I think it's important to cover uh, to cover your basis, especially mm. in sort of an exploratory research such as this. Um, we, when you talk about looking at, at high performance, it is a very complicated issue, especially you know when you take into account that your physiology is so important for it. Um, and that's one thing that I, I think this study is actually going to be able to do very well because if we're dealing with the professionals, the professional teams have a very controlled environment. They live together, they eat together, mm. they practice together, they train together. And so from a scientific perspective, it's almost like you have a lab. <laughs> yeah. You have these. You have a lab of these rats who are uh, in a controlled environment, and all you're doing is implementing one new change. And I, and that's really going to be really important. That for that time uh, after they learn TM and before we take the next measurements, they aren't making other big changes to their lifestyle, their routine, their habits, but they're maintaining that throughout that whole time. And then you'll really be able to see the difference. You'll really be able to get a good glimpse of, okay, this is their state, the physiological state, the mental state before they learn the TM technique. And then here, after a couple months of practice without doing anything else differently, uh, here's what they look like now. And that'll be really, mm -hmm. really important. Um, but I, I, I totally agree. And I, I went for the three different categories uh, because they're each important. They each tell part of the story. And it's, it can be dangerous to look at just one aspect yeah. without seeing the totality of, of all of them. And so, uh, again, especially in this sort of exploratory research, it was important to really cover all the bases. Yeah, I like that. Because, uh, I mean, a lot of the people that do listen to this podcast, some of them are professional players. I've had a bunch of... Uh, pro, semi-pro, however you want to describe it, players onto the podcast, whether it's the UK scene, some players in Europe, all that sort of stuff. Um, so we have some of those listeners, we have some people that uh, are just looking to be better, looking to get to Challenger, looking to get to Diamond, looking to get to Plat, Gold, Silver, whatever their goal must be. Um, but before we get into that sort of side of things, um, it seems that TM is best guided, or at least taught at first. Um, I suppose that's much like most things, really, whether that's exercise, whether that's um, mindfulness, whether that's meditation, wh whatever that may be, um, I suppose it is best that way anyway. Um, but it would appear to be more in depth than that sort of stuff. I feel like there's a, a process that one has to go through to really knuckle down and nail TM uh, to the best of one's ability. It, firstly, is, is that the case? Am I on the right track with that? With TM, how it works is you, uh, the instruction prof is a one-on-one -on -one with a certified teacher. So you get a chance to sit down with a, a certified teacher and, and go through um, a 
process that has been very standardized um, and sort of as a, as a TM teacher myself, mm. went, it was a five, six month, uh, wow. six month long course um, where you're learning how to properly uh, guide the student, teach the student. Um, but what's really important about TM is that you don't need the teacher there afterwards. Yeah. After you learn, you are completely independent. You can practice by yourself. You can practice with other meditators. You can practice uh, wherever you actually want. You can be on a airplane you can be on a bus you can be at home you can be on stage uh, before competing it can be wherever you can sit comfortably um, and close the eyes again taking that 20 minutes or so um, so it's it, it really is flexible that way um, but it is important to go through um, the correct uh, sort of process of, of learning the technique yeah. it's why you know I can't just uh, you know give you all your, your listeners a, a favor and, and teach the technique really mm. quickly right now is because um, we want to make sure that everyone who learns the technique is learning it from a certified teacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Um, so that they can have, it's just so that they can have the best experience possible. Um, and it's really important actually for the research as well. It's something, one reason why the research is, uh, is very important shows a lot is because all the people who have learned TM have gone through the same process. If you learn from me, you're not going to learn the Owen Blake special edition or something. Yeah. You're learning the you're learning the real deal. And so whether you learn in America, in the U uh, the UK, in Korea, wherever you learn, you're going to learn the transcendental meditation technique, and you can know and expect to get the same benefits um, that research is showing that other people have experienced mm, super super interesting and i know as you said that you can't you can't really boil it down to like just do this this and this and all of a sudden you transcended <laughs> it's not quite that simple um but as i said there are quite a few people that uh, listen who just want to be better at the game and that and that's that they're quite happy doing so so is there anything um that you can sort of recommend to those people um, that can be applied to the average solo queue player or esports athlete, whether they're attempting to go pro, they're already a pro player. Is there anything at all that you can uh, uh, give away that's not just this is transcendental med meditation? Maybe a, a piece of advice or something like that that you've learned from all of the studies and all of the things that you've uh, you've come away with whilst being in this sort of uh, sports psychology. I presume it's sports psychology. That is the right. It would be uh, under that banner. Is that right? Um, you could consider it psychology. Um, there's also a lot of you know elements of physiology mm. as well as well as the mind. So it, it, this it's kind of a broad, <laughs> a yeah. broad topic. But um, I think in, in terms of you know I definitely like I said I, I don't want I can't just sort of give you this sure, is how sure. to do TM. Um, I would you know I would encourage people to try out a different meditation, see what their experiences, see what they like it. But remember, keep in mind. Every meditation technique is different, and if one technique is difficult or hard to practice, um, that's not the case with transcendental meditation. So, uh, you know, I, I would really, I guess, what's more important than like trying something out would be this concept of, of being self-referral, mm -hmm. um, a concept of try things out, try changing your routine as you said mentioned you mentioned getting outside yeah. try changing your your lifestyle your your habit your diets um and and just be self-referral does this feel good to me does this improve my performance or does this make me feel happier or more energetic or clearer um and and just just continue on that on that journey on that path and if um you know something like 
uh, the transcendental meditation technique kind of resonates with you or you feel interested or you feel like you really need to get this technique of, of improving my performance to the maximum, um, I, I would 100% encourage you to do so, to check it out, to look into it a little bit more. Um, it's totally okay if you're a skeptic. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't even think, even if you don't think it's going to work, uh, it can, you can still get the benefits. It doesn't really matter. Um, so I think just this concept of being self-referral, checking in with yourself, um, and understanding that the physiology is at the basis of Hmm. Interesting, man. And, and look, that pretty much sums up all of the questions that I had, to be honest with you. Now, before, before we sort of, uh, you, you plug away and all that sort of stuff, I always ask uh, the, the people that do appear on the podcast one question on the end, and maybe you've just answered that. Maybe that idea of self-referral is the answer to this question. Um, maybe it's something to do with, was it, pick, was it pickleball? Is that right? <laughs> pickleball, yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's something to do with that. But what the question is, what what is some, one small thing that you can teach myself or the viewers that's just from your world, whether that's your PhD world, whether that's your traditional sports world, whatever that may be. Is there anything that springs to mind? I think the idea that I want, would like to share that I, is just what I just sort of touched on is this concept that at the basis of performance whatever whatever field that is whether it's something physical mental job relationship everything at the basis of performance is the physiology and if we want to improve our performance in all areas of our life if we need to address the physiology um i had a, an experience the other week i had I got the stomach flu okay. <laughs> and I tried to play Apex Legends with my buddy mm -hmm. and it's a very fast game. It's very demanding yeah. and I felt terrible. I, my reaction times were really slow. I couldn't think about what I wanted to do. My decision making was completely out of whack and it was just such a clear experience to me that if I want to perform well, I need my physiology to be in a state of maximum health, mm. um, state of maximum rest, clarity, alertness. And so what do I do for that? You know, what are the practices that I have for that? You can look at your diet, you can look at your exercise regimen, you can look at things like tools and techniques like the transcendental meditation technique, um, where you are improving your state of, fun of physiological functioning from a very deep level. These are all different tools that are all different techniques that we incorporate into our own life so that we can be the best person that we can be in whatever field that is. Um, and so just, I guess to give an analogy of that, the idea of you're, you're building a, you need a foundation mm. and the higher the building, the higher the skyscraper, you could talk about the higher the performance, so to speak, that you need or you're wanting to build the deeper and the stronger, the more flexible, the more adaptable you need that foundation to be. be. And yeah. so whether you're a solo queue player, um, a silver player, um, whatever it is, you to improve your performance, you need to improve your physiology and you need to strengthen that foundation, which is yourself, which is your physiology. And so um, I would really encourage people to explore all aspects of, of health and well-being and um, consider something like transcendental meditation as an essential part um, of a healthy lifestyle. 
I think that's really, really interesting. It's something that, and, it, and you use the word self-reflective, reflection, that sort of idea. I, I've always used the word self-awareness and just being aware of your body, um, being aware of, you know, your thoughts, the feelings that you have, what's going right. Okay, I drank a litre of water today. Do I feel better than not drinking any water? Yes or no? And it's one of those things where you sort of, you reflect, as you say, you ask yourself questions. And, and I think that's sort of, you know, because not everyone has that ability to go into the lab and, and, and find objective measures. So you have to go through the subjective world and, and asking yourself those questions is a pretty good way to sort of bridge that gap between subjectivity and objectivity in a way, if that makes sense. Um, but I really like that. I really, really like that approach. To improve your performance, you need to improve your physiology. I like that a lot. And it's not something that people often boil down to quite that sentence, if that makes sense tends to be do all these wonderful things do this 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 and then you'll be a great athlete and it's not not quite as simple as that but i like the way that you simplified it because i think that's very very accurate i think that was really good thank you for sharing that thanks mate appreciate that so if anyone wants to find out more about this if they want to get in contact with you maybe someone from a team is listening and they love your idea how would be the best way to to find you get in contact with you follow you what's the best uh, platforms to do so um, you can either email me at oblake at mum.edu or you can follow me on Twitter at professor underscore 108. Mm -hmm. um, I sort of am uh, active in the esports and research fields there, so you can feel free to follow me or send me a, a message there. Um, I think those are probably the best ways. I'm also on Facebook. Again, my name's Owen Blake, mm -hmm. um, so feel free to reach out. Um, and I think. If you are an individual who is thinking of learning, or if you are part of a team in really in, in any area, whether it's a business, esports, traditional sports, um, if you're part of a team wanting, seeking to improve, seeking to get that high performance, but particularly you know, with my research, I'm looking at esports and interested in esports, but I'd love to hear from anyone and everyone. But um, if you're part of an esports, team uh, you think that this would benefit your team whatever level you're at you can feel free to reach out to me let me know if you have any questions uh, or comments concerns interests about the, the, the TM technique um, I'd love to talk to you I'd love to potentially work with you include you in the research um, I, I think it's really exciting to be part of this cutting-edge research um, and I think it would be uh, it's a great opportunity to get this technique and implement it now. And b before other teams get it, it's going <laughs> it to be a real competitive advantage, right? Yeah. It's like having no, so. you know, being some of the first teams to train in the most efficient way and give yourself the tools that you need to succeed will just increase the, the advantage even more. Um, but I'm excited to, to, to get into this, to work with some teams in the esport industry and, and see where it goes. Amazing. Well, perfect. Look, thank you ever so much for your time, Owen. I really appreciate you coming on, you chatting. It's been an hour, so uh, an hour of your busy schedule, I'm sure. So thank you ever so much for giving up uh, your time to do so. I really appreciate it. Uh, is there anything else that you would like to say or you're pretty happy with uh, with how it's all gone? No, again, my pleasure. I, I, I'm really excited to talk to, to people who are like yourself, who are interested in developing healthy habits, healthy routines for eSport athletes. Um, again, I think it's just really important. So I just want to give you a little shout out for um, for encouraging this and promoting these kind of uh, positive uh, changes and positive um, techniques and tools that we people can implement into their own routines and teams. And, um, I think it's great. 
Um, so thanks for, for doing this and thanks for having me on. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. I appreciate that very much. So yeah, if anyone uh, would like to get in contact with Owen, the, the Twitter and the email at least will be down in the description below. Um, so do shoot him a message. I'm sure he'd be super happy to talk, as he says. Um, but I hope you guys have enjoyed the episode and I hope you've uh, definitely got something out of this. A bunch of value, a bunch of stuff to learn from this. Super educational. Um, with a bunch of different topics. So I hope you very much enjoyed the episode and we will see you on the next one. I hope you guys have a wonderful day.